Up From Work podcast. My name's Dave Swillam. Let's get ready to hustle. All right, so welcome back to the Waking Up From Work podcast. You're listening to episode 87. Did I do that right? 87 of the podcast today. That's hard, dude. I'm not like smart enough to do that that fast every episode. Welcome to 87 of the podcast today. And sorry for people that have been listening on the normal schedule of Tuesdays, but the other night we lost power here at the house. Like it was going on and off. I think I was texting Simon here who I've got or messaging you. It was going on and off to the point where I had to edit another client's podcast from my laptop so that that way things wouldn't crash on me and then use like a bunch of stock different software that I normally use because when I was trying to edit anything from mine, I have a powered hard drive and my whole computer would crash out. So sorry for people that listen to it on a normal one. But that episode is going to come out before this one comes out on podcasts. But thank you guys for hanging out with us tonight. So people that have been listening to the podcasts throughout this time, first of all, thank you. Second of all, you would know this guest from episode 19 and 52. I wrote that down, Simon, because I Mm -hmm. never know the numbers when I bring people back on. 19 and 52. This is the first third time guest i've had on the show (laughs) at this point and uh it's because obviously i like this guy we've been we've been hanging out also it's because we both started our podcast at the same around the same time we get into a lot of the same content but we tend to interview like a lot of different guests on each side of it and it's always been interesting kind of picking his brain on like a weekly or monthly basis and just just keeping that in check with me, like like understanding the way he's approaching things and chatting on things that we're learning in the industry in podcasting and things like that. It's just been a great kinship to have. And, and this was one of those weeks where it's just like, I don't know, I, like for me, it's like, I feel like there's a little bit of a naysaying for having a guest on that many times underneath a hundred, Simon. But it's like the way I look at it is like straight up, I try to talk about relevant information on the show that might help this community every week. And I don't really give a shit how that happens. I mean, right. you are like, we just tend to talk about, we just tend to click on the same stuff. So Absolutely. welcome Simon Pellet from the music on your own terms podcast for the third time, man. Welcome. Thank you. Yeah. I've, I've had guests on multiple times as well, so I don't give a shit on mine. Whatever's good. Whatever's clever, man. We just chat all the time. Yeah, we do. So it's, for it's been great. For people that haven't listened to those two episodes yet, Simon is the host of the Music on Your Own Terms podcast. Like I was saying, he is a longtime guitarist and he also makes the merch for this show. So like if you bought a shirt or you're gonna buy a shirt, this guy buy a shirt. made the design for it. Yeah, <laughs> go buy a shirt, please. He made the design for it. He helps me make those and he helps artists on like a a day-to-day basis make their merch down in Dallas, Fort Worth, Texas. Mm -hmm. Just west of uh, Fort Worth. That's right. Right. 
Yeah. So Simon, how have things been going, man? On on since we've talked episode fifty two, now we're at eighty seven. I don't know what that equates to. I mean, smarter man than me could do the math, but mm-hmm. it's been a little uh, bit. How been, things been, been since then, man? I, yeah, it's. I mean, stuff's going, ticking along. Um, obviously, we, did COVID happen after we talked last? I don't remember. I don't think we were in the middle of this COVID situation. That's a great question, man. I don't know. Back and look. I don't think we were. So yeah, I mean, outside of that, things are going pretty well. I I'm staying healthy. Everyone I know staying healthy, so that's a good thing. You have sweet new merch for your podcast. I have. I'm wearing it right now. Yeah, go buy some. If you like death metal, you like my new logo. Exactly. It looks like an old death metal shirt, and and dude, it looks like my old suicide silence shirt or something like that. That was the intention. That makes me really happy. So, yeah. No, I'm <laughs> super happy how it came out. Buy Dave's merch. Buy my merch. I make both. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. So, so the, as far as the podcast is concerned, uh, I'm creeping up to uh, episode 100 at the end of the year. Crazy. Yeah. it's. Uh, I did that kind of intentionally to reach that milestone, and I'm I'm definitely looking at taking a little step back and kind of batch processing episodes, going back to a a strict weekly episode. I, yeah, I basically, I want to start writing music more often and really get back into that. After I kind of left uh, my friend Adam's band creatures and chemicals, you know, it basically was a decision. I didn't really want to play live anymore. I'm just not really that comfortable with it. Yeah. Um, And I'd rather just sit, sit in my own studio and kind of create. That's the long and the short of it. Yeah. Um, you know, contribute to various people's music. And the thing that I've been, I, I know I've, I've talked to you about this before already. Big thing that I'm planning on doing is a, like a collaboration with all my past guests, as many, uh, you know, as will, you know, be interested in it and have the time to do it and just basically make an outpouring of art under the, 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 the general idea of, of experiencing or exploring the human condition through emotion. So Mm. just writing music that explores emotion and it doesn't even have to be music. It can, you know, not all my guests are musicians, some are visual artists, some are just business people. So, you know, it could be visual art. It could be, you know, it could be poetry. It could be anything really. You told me about that forever ago, and I totally forgot about it again. Yeah. So now I'm like pumped up again. Now hearing you say about talk about it again. Yeah. So basically, December we we we've just hit December, and this month I'll be, you know, writing all my notes down and getting an idea of what the project's going to look like, and then start reaching out to people. Yeah, and I I think it'll be really cool because it's so open ended. There's no time limit on it. It's whenever people have time. Whenever I have time and whatever inspires people. Love that. Um, but yeah, you know, my podcast, I, I really like to talk about mental health as one of my subjects because it's something I've dealt with for a really long time. And I think exploring the human condition through, you know, our emotions is is just kind of a cool way to, to explore people's experience. Yeah. Yeah, I mean exploring the human conditions and through 
art is really why art was created because yeah, it it, totally. it depicts things that people are unable to essentially convey through their normal interactions day to day they're able to depict through their art so uh explaining that through that median uh makes a lot of sense dude yeah um yeah, yeah so that that's really what's been going on i totally see what you're saying in terms of a podcast and schedule and in mm. and the consistency and everything like that versus like the creative and it is a balance dude because you have to do things to put yourself out there to meet people and to be seen you have to do things mm. to like drive a business or to create growth or whatever in your business or in your your band or musician but it's like you also need time to write and you need time to just just be the artist like not oh, yeah. do the other stuff and it's tough like i i talked to um a prog band actually recently called Callius, and she was talking about the same thing nicole was talking about the same thing saying like you cannot like i i think i asked her like how you know what should what should someone new trying to like just start up a band like what should they be aiming for if they're taking it really seriously and she's like you can't let off the gas for literally one week like one week you can't let pass without putting social media content out, without being in the studio, without writing with whatever, like it is like a coal powered train and you're throwing the coal in the fire as you go. And if someone stops doing that shit, the train's going to stop. Like you have to keep the fire going. But she talked about like how hard that is because like you do need the time to just write dude or just work on music and not have like a constraint on it. Cause like you'll probably even write better if you do that. Like. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, and I, I uh, were they signed? I listened to that episode this morning. Um, are they a signed band or are they doing it all DIY? Do you know? You know what? Through that whole interview, and I think I went past an hour. I don't think I ever friggin' asked that man. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't think I, mean, I ever yeah, I mean, asked. They have PR, but, but yeah, she, totally. What she uh, what she was talking about is it, it illustrates the point. Is you know, in order to make traction on social media you just have to be relentless with it crazy but, so my my episode that came out this week you know was with uh with a band called black crown initiate i freaking love that band they're a tech death metal band very prog so that i mean is it Callias? yeah they're, they're also Cal- a, pro, a prog band as well Callias. Um, so the the stark contrast is they're basically on. They're not on hiatus per se. They've just released this uh, one of the best albums they've done. They're signed to Century Media, but they're basically twiddling their thumbs. And you know, the guitar player is now waiting tables because his point of view is: I just don't want to do the social media thing because I want to be an artist. I want to get my music out. I want to write. He he's very um by his own admission, he's very emotionally driven. Yeah. And I think that's probably one of the reasons why I relate with the band so much is because their emotions are all out there and it's so so powerful. I think their music is 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 amazing. And it's you know, his his whole thing was, you know, it's just like everything's been pulled out from under us. We were touring we got this massive record that was the biggest outpouring of art that they've done thus far. Yep. And it's like, well, we released it into the void and there's, we're really not doing anything. 
it feels you know, they're, they're recording yes. playthroughs here and there and doing videos and bits and pieces but it's just like from a mental health perspective it's, it's like having everything ripped out from under you oh dude i'm not a big band like i and first of all i will definitely check them out like probably not right after this but definitely tomorrow <laughs> morning <laughs> uh, i'm gonna check them out and I'm not anywhere near a big band. My band is very small. We have a very small following. You know, I can get on an EP release night, I can get 75 to 100 people in there and I'm pumped, you know? Mm. And that makes me stoked. I love that. I love playing to that. But even us, it's just like, I, not even as a big band, but still like putting all that effort into like an album and releasing that during COVID there are some bands that have still been releasing their records. Like, like I'm going to throw one out there. Bring me the horizons record is doing phenomenal mm-hmm. because they released it during COVID and it was inspired. Like there are some bands that are releasing records right now. Their, their albums are doing phenomenal because it, for whatever reason they, they work with their crew or obviously that's a mega band, but I released my record during this time and it's really deflating, dude. It is so deflating to do, like I've done the live streams, like I, I'm going to do another one in December. And, and so I'm not knocking them and I'm pumped that people are doing them and they feel good to do still, but I've done four or five at this point live stream shows and it doesn't feel the same way to mm. me, like substantially, even when I'm like interacting with the comments and, and stuff like that with you guys, like I love doing this, but not doing like an EP release show and just doing like an EP release stream or something like it just doesn't equate no to the amount of effort that you put into the record. Like the amount of record mm. that you put in, the amount of effort you put into the record, the amount of effort you put into like marketing it and like bringing it to market and like pumping people up about it. And then not doing that and like having those shows or like going on a mini tour, or like doing things where like the energy is just there. You feel it in the room when you're, when you're, when you're at a show, when you, everyone knows this feeling when you're at a concert, like at a band or an artist or a rapper or whatever you're at that you paid that money to go see. Everyone knows the feeling when the concert's about to start. However, that artist has chosen to open it up and the lights go down and you can like, like, you know that it's going to happen. Like, you know, like, okay, like this is happening soon. And you're just anticipating like, when is this going to happen? Cause they always just do it differently with every artist. That is an irreplaceable feeling for the fan. It's also mm-hmm. irreplaceable. I think for the artists, like I, 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 I get what that guy's saying when he's just like, dude, I'm going to go wait tables right now. Like, I just can't, I can't pour that amount of me into something and then just throw it into the void it hurts dude it just hurts so i get that absolutely and i think the other thing too is is, on that note is that you know the the live streaming thing i mean you uh interviewed the guy that did the uh the dropkick murphy's live stream yeah but that was the perfect moment you know covid had started and they said oh crap we can't do our concert and they they were right on the cusp of it now i think you know some other people i've talked to they're not they're not getting the same amount of traction with their live streams because people are kind of tired of it yeah they they are a little bit there's so many people doing these live streams that then the you know they've saturated it it's like playing the same town you know night after night you can't do that because you're saturating the market too much that's right i think the the live stream situation is is basically at that point now i would agree people people are just tired of i would agree that thing 
I definitely agree with that, dude. I think that there's only so much bandwidth you have for watching it on a live stream than once you've just been constantly seeing them, especially if you're a music fan. The music fans have been phenomenal through this and they're trying to support mm-hmm. and they are watching them. But it's just like you can only watch so many and it's it doesn't feel the same way to you. There's not the same excitement on it. For sure. I guess like both what we were just talking about with them, and I know that we talked a little bit before it, you have interviewed I have a big mix on here. There's like very big mix of like, there are musicians on here. There are audio and business and all this mix you do too. But I think that you've interviewed way more musicians and indie artists and sign label artists than I have on your podcast. What would you say are the pros and cons that you've been hearing from them from being on a label or being DIY or indie right now? Like what do you, what have you seen in your, all your interviews from that, Simon. Absolutely. I mean, yeah, like uh, my my podcast is obviously music on your own terms. So music, it's music focused. I, I've interviewed Black Crown Initiate, who assigned to Century Media. I've also interviewed uh, Voyager from Australia, who are on uh, Seasons of Mist. You know, and and I think the even even from some of the unsigned bands and the the bands coming up that I've interviewed. The the ones that really are going still going towards the the label route are doing it because they want to be an artist. They don't want to have to be a business person. Yeah. You know, and it's 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 because they want this team to take care of that stuff. I mean, the guys from Voyager uh, it's actually the 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 girl from Voyager was talking about the rest of the band and said basically for the for them, the band is a hobby. They all have regular jobs and they're 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 doing the band to be in a band and to tour on a big level like they're going on on major festivals they're getting ridiculous uh you know collaborations with big artists but it's not a money maker for them it's fulfilling their musical need yeah and and i think the biggest thing is like there's there's people like us well actually i mean even me i mean i I really uh, resonate with the entrepreneurial mindset and the hustle, but I found in my journey with the podcast, I just can't put that much time into it. Yeah. It, it's just life. Yeah, um, dude. Totally. You know, and there, there's definitely the, the artists that their whole focus is their career. They're learning every single thing they can. You know, from the business side, from the legal side, from the finance side, you know, and they're probably putting way more hours into the business side than they are the the art side. Definitely. But then there's the there's people like Black Crown and and Voyager that really don't want to do it. They have no inclination to do it, and I think I think that's fine. I initially started this podcast to kind of promote the entrepreneurial mindset to people and say, hey, you can make a living music you just have to reconfigure your mind but aptitude is is a huge huge part of that yes you know you you know it's it's and i i think the 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 consensus is if you want to be business focused then great you know and the art the art will come but you have to realize that you're going to spend shit tons more time on the business yeah whereas if you get if you do end up getting with a good company and and there's a good label deal and you know it it actually works for you and it's good for both parties 
you know, the, there's nothing wrong with having that team, you know, push the music out and doing the social media and doing all that stuff. And you, you get to be an artist. Yep. Yeah. I, I mean, like for me, I learned a lot when I interned at a record label, even though it was a small label in New Hampshire and they are only, they're like only centered on like orchestral art music. It's very mm. specific, but I learned a lot there. And, uh, I guess I learned a lot. I did like an MBA split program with Berkeley in music business. So like I learned a lot about label stuff, but I feel like that was so long ago at that point. And so long ago to me literally means like four or five years ago because so much shit has already changed again. Sure. But you can hire out a lot of services without having a label take full ownership of your recordings. It's very frequent that like a mid-size larger band will hire out like just PR. Like that might be what Callius is doing, to be honest. I think mm -hmm. that they, I know that they have a, a PR that they hire, but you can hire out a PR agency. You can hire out for social media. You can hire out for managing your band, having a band manager manage you. You can hire out for a lot of those things and not give everything away to a deal for a label or you can do, and a lot of those are labels at offering a la carte services, or you mm -hmm. can get a full deal with a label, which just means that all of their, all of those services are in-house and one team doing that in getting money from your music directly and giving, taking more, you have less ownership on your music, right? A lot of the master, the masters that go, uh, go get really popular are taken away from your control. That's what we're seeing a big Taylor Swift issue sure. again on is she doesn't own those masters and she's trying to buy them back essentially from the record label deals. Uh, or you can be an indie artist, you know, and do those things yourself, but you have to realize that when you're doing that, you know, there is only one of you and you're not trained potentially as much as these other people. Maybe you are, maybe you become like an absolute master but all three of those have their own perks and their own downfalls of like time, of money, of value to you in your own life, of like how you want to live your life, how you mm. want to get those things done. They all have their own pro and con, I'd say. For sure. Yeah. And I, I think the, uh, the DIY world in, in the US is pretty popular. And and it's Super. you you must do it yourself. You have to do it. I just think there's a there's a, a way and means of different ways of doing things that you're comfortable with. I mean I, I for instance I, yeah. I'm I'm good friends with uh Rhea Kemp Kalampali, um and she owns one woman company and she manages the band Poem and they're out they're out of Greece and she's you know, we, we've uh, another great person that I've I've connected with through the podcast, and my conversation with her directly was: Is selling a portion of your rights for a record a good thing, or, or is something that you should do? And her yeah. response was basically: In a perfect world, no, don't ever give your rights up. But we don't live in a perfect world. Sometimes, if you want to get on this big tour with this massive band. Yep. Maybe giving up a portion of those rights is good in that particular instance. Hundred percent. Yeah. You know, it, it's a bargaining tool. It's it's. There's no right or wrong, really. It's whatever you're comfortable with. But yeah, I mean, ultimately, giving away your rights to someone else for your art, I personally think is a bad bad idea. But it's tough. 
if you if again if you if you can hire someone out to do a thing i mean we were talking about this earlier off off air you know being you know being able to give up or or outsource something so you get time back yeah that's really really powerful but again huge if if you're not signed to a label and have a manager and you just want to create art even outsourcing takes time because you have to basically create systems in order to have that be effective. That's right. You know, you, you have to tell the person, this is how I want it done here, here, and here. Create those systems so that you get the time back. And it's That's that right. in itself is, is you know, a, a, you know, a niche art or, or a skill set to have. Yeah, I feel like the way that I've always thought of a record deal is like, I'd have to see it and live it to like really put Mm -hmm. my full input of like, whether it's right or I should do it or not. Like, like I'll never, I would never give advice to another band except for like, if they haven't looked legally through the document enough and they're just like stargazed. I always tell people to like, take a second, obviously hang with a lawyer or like take a second and look at what is in front of you before you just go for, what feels like incredible and feels like your break and stuff. Mm-hmm. I always give that advice, but I never give advice of like whether you should take it or not because of exactly what you said, where if I was playing with my band for a while and I was ever given the ability to get a record deal and a lot of my ownership in my own music was taken away, obviously I don't want to do that. But if I knew that taking that option got me to the next spot where now all of a sudden I'm in front of way more audience in w- way better position to, to get noticed and, and, and paying that is like paying the troll toll and like <laughs> paying that is going to get me to the next spot. I might do it, dude, because maybe yep. that gets you to like that next level that you wouldn't have gotten to if you didn't take it, that it's worth paying that, mm. but maybe it's not. That's where, like, I would really, like, it would be so situational for me. I would have to be given straight up, here's the deal, and here's what you have. Do you want to do this thing or not? And based off of my own circumstances of, like, what I'm doing in life and, like, what I want to do, and look at that to make that decision. I don't feel like I could ever, on the outside, look in, like, call someone out for the decisions they've made in that. Like, I feel like it's so personal with how, what do you, like, what you're saying. What role do you want to play? What do you want to do day to day? what do you need to do for money? Like what, what are your expectations of things? And it's like past that you like everyone's decision is so personal. I feel like with the way they would play that. Absolutely. And I think, um, the bigger conversation before you get to that spot really is, you know, what is, you know, we, we talk, we, we hear about making it and, you know, the, obviously things like the voice and American Idol don't help the, the general consensus is yeah. well if you make it then you you go on TV sing one song and then you you're a million selling artist i mean that's obviously not true but no not at the, all the dude. general people who who aren't really into music just think that way and that that really doesn't help the case of labels you know you you really have to figure out what your goals are in terms of living your life and and being successful what does making it or what does me me being successful mean to you is that i make a comfortable living and i make you know i don't know basically if i make 50 grand 
does that do me? Does that pay for my house and put a roof over my head and I get to play music? Yeah. Am I looking for a hundred grand? Am I looking for a million dollars? You know, what, what is your, what is it for you that gets you to that point? And I think people get lost in, oh, the label, you know, historically the label is the thing to get. You need, you need this guy in a suit to hand you a a deal, a gig and out of nowhere. And that's, and you're done. Now you're going to be the successful rock star. It's, you know, it, it really isn't that way. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that that's really true where, you know, with that point, you can be an indie, indie, indie artist and make 50 K a year if you hustle your ass off and like never need a label. And like, how awesome would that be to like make that living, do exactly what you want to do and not have someone take ownership in it. So that's amazing. But then like, you could also be a SoundCloud rapper and be juice world and have a deal given to you where you, your first deal is $3 million. And they own probably everything, especially, Mm -hmm. unfortunately, now that he passed, they probably own all of his shit and don't give any royalties to anyone in his family. I don't know if that's true, guys. So, like, check me on it if I'm wrong. But I I bet you if you if you get a three million dollar deal, you are probably so back. Oh, that label that they probably own your shit and he's hot right now and he's gone. So they're probably just raking that in. But like, say, say he was around would I be fine if I got $3 million to like not make money from my royalties again later? I feel like I would just be really wise with how I spent my money and then I get to do exactly what I want to do for the rest of my life. So like, mm. why not? Like, fuck it. You know, <laughs> I don't know. That's how I feel about it is like exactly what you're saying. Like, does it get me to the way of life that I want to do? And that's like really the decision for me is like, does it yes or no? And the rest of it is all, how does that get accomplished? Well, it doesn't, doesn't always matter you know for sure but i mean obviously that three million dollars isn't that's not a gift that's an advance exactly that's a really key point and that sounds like it's a 360 deal and i think those are no good because they're basically taking your royalties they're taking your ownership they're taking cuts of your merch merch. like it's everything it's It's not just the music it's everything i know but again, is that right for you? Do you want $3 million up front? Or are you willing to work your butt off to get it and to build up to that point? That's, you know, that's the pros and cons you have to weigh out. I don't know, man. I've never been in that situation to like feel that pressure and make that decision. And I feel like that's the only way I could validly give anyone advice is like if I hit it and then mm-hmm. dealt with that situation, I have no idea what I'd do if I was faced with that. Absolutely. So I guess like... Let me ask you, because you brought this up earlier. I don't know if it's because you were interviewing these people or you felt this, but like you, you talked about this point of like artist living might not be for everyone. I feel like that's so mm. valid with what we're talking about because we're talking about income as an artist uh, or as an ent- entrepreneur or startup. What do you think? What like what what were you thinking when you're talking about that with me? I mean, I I think that everyone's situation is diff- different. Basically, you you have to have the fortitude to be able to make money from your art in order to live as an artist. But that being said, I think whatever you do, if if you if you're happy with what you're doing for money, and you talk about this on your, on, on this podcast all the time, yeah. if you're happy doing the thing, whether it, 
whether it's a daytime job and you get to go play music at night. Yep. Then do it. Then do like, it, dude. You know, I, I like for, for me, for me personally, I spent 18 years in a job, a corporate job that I really didn't like. You know, the company was good. The, the benefits were amazing and I was comfortable and I got complacent and I didn't do anything I really wanted to. And then our move to Texas basically forced me to find a different job. Yeah. Didn't get, I, you know, took a pay cut and, you know, maybe that's a bad thing. But the, the point is for me is between my podcast and working for a company that makes merch for musicians, everything I'm doing now is music based. Like I don't do anything that's not in some way, shape or form based in music. It's awesome, dude. And that's so fulfilling. And if I never make money from music or if I make just enough to kind of pay for the, for the fees for getting it on social, you know, streaming sites and, and releasing it. Yep. I'm probably fine with that because I'm creating, creating a body of art that I can leave and it'll live, you know, it'll live on forever. Yep. Just like airheads. If I, if I, if I write a song that will live on forever, it doesn't just doesn't matter anymore. <laughs> but the point is I get to create and I'm, you know, I'm alive. I have a roof over my head and I have food. Dude. You know, if something happens where, you know, that art now starts to create residual income and it builds and it gets to the point where it's extremely popular and then, hey, I can leverage that to sell merch and I can leverage that to teach and I can, you know, create a way of making art my primary income. Yeah. Fantastic. Hell yeah. But, but if I can just like play in my room and, you know, I'm, I, like I said, earlier i'm not really that bothered about playing live it, it doesn't i i feel uncomfortable playing live mostly because of anxiety and 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 my issues with that but i love playing my guitar and if i can create that put it on a hard drive and i can crank my amp up and mess around with different you know effects and i can get new equipment and i can get new guitars that's really the point i'm i like playing the guitar so yeah. It doesn't really matter if I get to move that stuff. <laughs> you know, I don't want to lug that on the stage and play for three people that don't really care. Yep. You know? I get that. And I've done that. And I've done those Monday night shows on tour that are just hard, dude. Like mm. I, I've, I've played Monday nights in different States in a bar in front of straight up two or three people. And, and you're on tour, dude. And you're just like, mm. fuck, like, this is so hard, but you need to like go in there and just perform the best show that you possibly can and not dick those people that actually showed up to the show or they're, they're from, sure. they were at the bar or something. They're actually pumped to come up to the stage and watch you guys. You have to fucking play that show. Like you've never played a show before, like every other possible show on the planet, because like, first of all, why not? Second yeah. of all, like you have that opportunity to even live that life and like people don't get to do art there people people don't get to do art dude people don't get to do art because they don't have the food or they don't have the roof over the head or anything and they just can't do anything and so like the ability to perform art alone you know is a gift that way and mm -hmm. i think like to your point simon with age for me because i'm i'm now hitting the later of my 20s i'm i just hit 29 this month 
Still I've a been baby. out of school. What's up? Still a She's baby. Still a baby. I know. I, I'll take it. I won't. I'm not going to say that I'm an oldie. I'm not saying that. But what I'm saying is that, like, I've been out of school long enough. Like, I've just been living normal life because that's what it feels like. School is like a cyclical thing. That's like this is blocks of like a thing that's like an expectation of no expectations. Like, there's nothing you're supposed mm-hmm. to do other than school. And I always wanted to do other things, so I was interning and I was do- whatever. I was doing ton of shit. But it's like you almost have that safety net of like you're not expected to like figure it out while you're there. I've been out of school long enough now where it's like I'm living in the nine to five world long enough that people are like, all right, you figured it out. You want to be here, right? And I'm like, I'm fucking not going to be here. I absolutely will not be here. And I'm fighting it and I'm Mm -hmm. making it and I'm and it's working, but it's just like. I'm also caring less too about like the clout or the vanity of it of like when that happens and how it happens and what it looks like of like, I used to really think that there was a timeline. Like this is when these things need to happen for it to matter. This is when I need to be a known musician or this is when I have to have my own studio or this is when I have to have these things in place in my life for how, what age I'm at or you can't be successful. And I think that that's false because people pop at different times and I've just gotten way more chill about like, you're like, Hey, I like to just like, if I can work and support music and artists like all day, every day, that's fine. If I'm, if I'm helping bands with merch in the day and I'm playing guitar in my room, not to like a sold out stadium show at night, I'm doing things that I love all the time. I'm getting more chill to that where I'm still really, aggressive like i really want to achieve the things that i'm trying to do so i'm still very bullish of like i put timelines on things i put goals and i track them like morning and night like to look at how i'm performing like i'm measuring that to like stay after it and like get things done in a timely manner but i'm not as concerned about like when that happens so much as like that it does happen Mm -hmm. if that makes sense whereas in the past i was like this has to happen by this age now i'm just like I want to achieve these things and I want to live this way. But like, just like you, I don't have to have the most successful studio in the planet in terms of like famous. I don't have to have the most famous band. I don't have to have the most famous podcast. Like I don't really give a shit about any of that being like the best, most well-known thing in the planet. I just want to be able to get the income and do the things that I want to do 100% 24/7 so that I can just be my whole self and be like who I'm actually supposed to be because I'm not my whole self when I work jobs that like don't fulfill me I like it strips pieces of me away that are not the right I need it all there and so I just want to do those things 24/7 however that happens I don't really give a shit how that's all I really care about now it's gotten simpler since I'm mm-hmm. like getting that like angst away you know oh yeah yeah. yeah, that I think that's the secret of life, not giving a shit. Yeah, <laughs> I guess so, man. Yeah, about what other people think or about like how you do things or whatever. It's just like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. There's no there's no uh, chunks of time like school anymore. It's just like everyone's just living life until they die. That's literally how it is. It's much simpler than we think sometimes, I feel like. Yeah, just don't be a dick. Don't give a shit. <laughs> I like that, dude. Sounds good be a to shirt. me. Try, try and make the world a better place rather than a worse place, and you, you've cracked it. Yeah, perfect, dude. I want to ask you, I had some other questions that I had lined up for you, but there's one that I thought of like right on the flare of us starting up here. Sure. And you were mentioning, you were like, hey, I want to be on other podcasts 
mm-hmm. because I feel like I don't talk about all the things that I like to talk about or would want to share because on my podcast, I'm highlighting guests and I would say that I'm the same way. And I just said that back to you. I felt that same way where I don't want to talk too much about myself on my podcast because I want to share the experience of, the, of these guests with these people that, that have so much value to bring. Absolutely. What are some of the things like you feel like you haven't been able to share on your podcast that you feel like you need to share on other podcasts or share just just to share in general because you're not sharing yeah. on your podcast? What are some things that are being are, are held that way? Um, yeah, I mean, just mostly because it's not really relevant to my audience. Obviously, my my niche is and I say niche because it's the right way of pronouncing it. You know, it's, it's musicians and helping musicians basically improve their business. And I think I, I initially started my podcast, I think, on, on a subconscious level because I had social anxiety and I didn't like to talk out loud. And it's definitely improved that. It's definitely given me confidence. I think, you know, one one is exploring how I moved from England, grew up in England, moved to New England. And then I've moved for, to Texas. And I think just the, you know, I think everyone should travel because it gives you a whole different perspective on so much. what society looks like, its similarities and the differences in, in, in different uh, cultures. And that's part of it because I, I think I'll, I do have some valid points. At least I hope I do. Yeah. I'd like to start talking about ethics a little bit and, and empathy. Because I think my my mental health uh, experience has given me a massive amount of empathy for other people, um, and part and parcel with that, I think is is just ethics. And you know, without getting political or anything, I do think there's been a, a shift, at least from my perspective, in terms of people doing the wrong thing, but now not giving a shit that people see them doing the wrong thing. Like okay. at least for me, I was always really, I, I don't know if this is part and parcel of my mental health, but it, back in school and, and, uh, you know, on up, I felt I couldn't do a wrong thing because I was so ashamed of being caught. And, you know, I, and I think people get to the point, it, it seems that they, do something that's wrong on a fundamental level, like we see in the media, and they it seems like they don't care that other people think they're a douchebag. Mm. You know, like, and I don't want people to think I'm a douchebag and think that I'm a shitty person. I think the whole world could could do with a real big shot of ethics, and I'd kind of like to to vent on that a little bit. And I don't think my podcast is really the place to do it. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, I mean and and like I said, I'm I I want to become more of an advocate for mental health and talk about how it's okay not to be okay and that people should work on their mental IQ, uh, sorry, their uh emotional IQ and really work on themselves um just to counteract the well if you if you if you show some vulnerability, you're basically a pussy and you're weak. Yeah. No, I I feel that, and and my experience on my podcast talking about it is, it's extremely healing to to share your your experiences and it helps people deal with theirs. Hopefully, gives them hope and gives them a, a an outlet to say, hey, you know, 
I have this issue and I need, I need to talk about it. Yeah. You know, and I think that's super important. I think, you know, we've come from the Neanderthal thought of you have to be a man and you have to grow balls and you have to do this, that, and the other. And I think the way we advance as a society is to get in touch with our, you know, mental health and really improve how we are. I think you can see that slowly shifting its way through the times with all the different, I don't know, just all the things that have opened up in my life of like so many ethical things that I feel like aren't a conversation of like politics. Like there's so many things that are still, I still see in different States in the U S obviously different places in the world where it's like a, a negotiation or it's like a, a debate happening and I'm looking at it. I'm like, this is just a human's rights. Mm-hmm. Like it literally is not fucking political at all. Like why, yep. why are we still having a conversation like this? We have like all these like actual problems that are like some crazy shit to tackle. And I'll see in some state that they're talking like without getting political, without talking about all the various topics, but there's just basic human rights things of like, why are we talking about this? This is, this is such a simple thing to me of like, this is just how people should be allowed to live and mm-hmm. make their own choices and do things. And it's not a political thing at all. It has nothing to do with what people should be voting on or making laws on or doing anything. And I think that that's slowly getting broken down, like that old school mentality that you're talking about. You got to be a man's man. You got to blow, like, you don't talk about your feelings. You don't blah, blah, blah. You know, women do this, men do that. And like all this other bullshit that's been baked in. The layers have slowly been coming off over mm-hmm. time. It's just taking way longer than it has to for us to all like arrive at that point of like all people, all people have the right to do a ton of different things and mm-hmm. no people have to do specific things because of specific reasons. And Mindset it's just like, and, yeah. yeah, just fucking let people do like whatever they, what they, you know what I mean? And, and it's just like, we're, we're, we're slowly getting there. And all of it, I think, takes, you know, that meant, you know, that emotional IQ and empathy just like daily, dude, of just like when, when, when I, when people are mean to me or they're shitting on me or they don't believe in me or whatever it is, I'm now, I, I used to be mad pretty quick, but now it's just like, I'm like, oh man, what's like their problem? Like, and I'm not saying it like, what's your problem? Like F you, I'm like. I'll like come home from work or from wherever. And if I'm venting about it or like I hear Meg talking about some situation in her work, I'm like, um, I'm like actively trying to figure out, I'm like, what do we think is, is their insecurity? Like, what do we mm-hmm. think is their problem? That's like causing this because like no one just like for the most part, obviously there's people that, that have like actual like chemical mm-hmm. changes in their head that cause a certain thing. But for the most part, right. Most people don't just want to be a dick and shit on people and like be awful because like they're not feeling good when that's happening either. Like that's always happening because something is not right for them. And I try to understand like, why is this person insecure? Like what is making them feel like they have to do this? Like, what am I doing right now that is like feeling threatening because I don't feel like I'm being threatening, but somehow I'm threatening this person because they're reacting weird to me for not for out of, it feels like nothing to me, you know? I don't know. You have to like backtrack and try to figure out the why behind everything so that you can just like allow things to happen, I guess. I don't know how to explain it. I've had the exact same thought recently. 
I've been processing the exact same thoughts. That's why, <laughs> that's why we're so so kindred. <laughs> it's ridiculous. But yeah, no, it's like oftentimes it's a it's a projection of their like you said, insecurities. That's why bullying happens. It's coming from somewhere. You know, I I I tell I've told this a couple of times on my podcast is you know, I went to my twentieth anniversary uh reunion for high school and wow. the people that got did the bullying for the most part were the ones that got arrested, the ones that had serious problems. And, you know, you go to these things and thinking, wow, I had such a hard time back then. You'd almost think it was uh ratification or, or, or like revenge almost. And it's like, yeah. no, it's just, I kind of feel sorry that they had that kind of a shitty life to get to the point where they had to do that thing you know, you almost feel grateful for what you have for one, but you just feel, feel like I, you know, wish they didn't have to go through that to get to that point. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, you're, you're happy if you were bullied because it means that you didn't have a reason to like push Do hatred it. onto people. Yeah. You know, for sure. I know. Yeah. It's crazy, man. And like, I think that, what you're saying with like a man's man and things like that, it takes a lot like with, with what you're saying of like, I want to share that it's okay to not be okay. Mm-hmm. I feel like I don't necessarily like platform that throughout my podcast, but like I'm very transparent with myself when I'm at, when I'm saying how I'm doing with shit uh, to not paint an, an unrealistic picture of like what it's like to try to, be an entrepreneur or try to start a business or try to live a full-time creative life. Like I've always tried to make sure that I'm not painting an inaccurate picture of like how Mm. shitty and shitty and shitty it can really be sometimes and how amazing it can be sometimes. But like, I think it's important and I've rung it out throughout many episodes in the podcast to be forward on that, to, to it is okay to not be okay. Like it is okay to get everything that you possibly wanted and then realize that it mm-hmm. wasn't what you wanted. It's okay for you to think that you wanted to do a certain path and then like you're way into it, you've invested into it, like like Meg's recent episode, and then make the hard decision to tell your loved ones or the people supporting you that you have a different path that you want to pursue. That's hard shit, dude. And it doesn't mm-hmm. feel good. And no. you everyone needs to feel okay to do that stuff because I honestly believe that that's what leads to a lot of the issues in our society because people get trapped doing things that they don't want to do based off of opinions from other people that don't actually matter to them. Mm. And instead of just doing the thing that they want to do, because that's what they want to do. Right. And like, that's, that's like one of the core problems I honestly believe in like our societies. Like people do things that they don't want to do based off of opinions from people that don't matter. Yeah. Or societal pressures and, and, you know, um, uh, you know, traditions that, that have been in place for hundreds of years that that's the way you have to do things. It's like, yeah, no, I that's just have we've to not be it. a shitty person and pretty much I'm set outside of that. Yeah. You're like, that's how we've, We've always done it. We've always uh, painted with lead paint. And then you're like, well, but what about sad. dying? And then they're like, oh, well, we'll change it now. Like, yep. <laughs> same thing, right? Absolutely. Well, dude, it's time to wrap it up. And I usually ask the five questions at the end, but I've hit you with them twice, I feel like. So I feel like I don't even want to hit you with the five questions now, dude. 
Unless like we do some variant off of them or something. If you can think of, you know, something else for me to answer, I'd, I'd enjoy a challenge of thinking on the spot. If you were on a desert island <laughs> and you didn't need to, like, you're on this island, you have what you need for food and water. Like, you're going to be fine, right? Like, you're not, like, worrying about, like, basic survival. You're just, but you're out there, right? Yep. You don't have to do anything to generate income. So you're just straight up, like, hey, I'm fine and I'm just living here. Say you had the resources to do whatever you possibly want to do. What would you do for like the rest of your life right now with like given those circumstances? You're you have no need for like actual like Maslow's hierarchy. You're going to live fine. You have any resource that you want to create and do anything that you want. You just don't have to do anything or you can do everything. Like what would you do on this friggin' island for the rest of your life? Very good question. I'd go nuts. <laughs> Probably but, fair I don't statement. Know. I mean, <laughs> fair bit of guitar, you know? It would be art-based, music, creating art, making guitars. I'm I'm fairly um, sporadic in my interests. Like, it it would be a lot of different stuff. Yeah, you know, I would go nuts with the the the. I would absolutely go nuts with the amount of choice I had to do. I couldn't do one thing. I'd get very bored very quickly doing the same thing over and over. Yep. Yeah, I would I think what it boils down to is I would have to work really hard on my mental health because they had too much choice. Right. And I I think about that question too where like I like let's just say that like cuz you know, I don't like writing music by myself all the time, right? I like to work with people. Like say you had like some ability to get some things like that, you had some ability to get influences from the outside world or something so you're not like not developing. Mm-hmm. But I I usually tell people that like I think I would the things that I want to do full time and and do on the side and do all the time, I legit think I would just keep doing those forever until I die. I think that's what I'm just supposed to do. Yeah, but I'm with you. Where like if you straight up were on that island, you'd get bored because like you have no other normal societal constraint or function of any holiday or anything. Like nothing's happening, dude. So I understand. Like you're like, what the hell am I going to do? <laughs> I think out of out of absolutely everything that I I've done in the past and love to do, I'd probably learn to draw really well. Because you have the time. Because I have the time. And why not? Um, and why not? You know, my grandfather was a, a great artist, and I I really like hyper realistic drawing. So I'd probably I'd probably do that. Cool. All right, guys. Well, that's not my five because Simon's been on here a bunch. But I am going to end out this podcast. Simon, thank you for being back on with me, man, and being a good-ass dude and always supporting me and chatting with me on the side to uh, keep me going, dude. I appreciate it. Thank you. I, yeah, it's been really great to get to know you and uh, you know, have you as one of my close friends. So I know, dude. You. All through just like chatting on Instagram. How's that, people? Yeah. 21st century, baby. You know. <laughs> Hopefully at some point we'll actually get to meet in person. September. Well, that's the that's the plan. That's the goal. We'll see if the world collides or something. Yep. All right, people. Thank you for watching on Instagram. To Chad's point down below, I should be on on Thursday night. I think I'm still going live. What's up, Durkey? I think I'm still going live on Thursday night as well. It's just with the holidays coming up. 
I am kind of getting a little bit funky here with scheduling and shit's going to be weird for a couple weeks here while I get through the holidays of podcasting different random nights, but just keep an eye on Instagram or Facebook and I will tell you what I'm up to so you can come hang out right here. And if you miss any part of it, it will be on the podcast on Tuesday mornings at 6am. So thank you guys for tuning in. Have an awesome night. Mm -hmm.